Welcome back, everyone. One, Episode one, one, three. One, one, three, 113 That's right. of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We are brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business on or offline, website design, Google ads, graphic design, local service ads from Google, printing, we can absolutely help. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. You can request a free view of your entire online presence today, and uh, we'd love to help you out. All right, I'm Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt, training out of South Florida. Got Bo behind the camera. Ah! Miguel riding shotgun. What's up, y'all? Welcome. Two in a row, man. Very cool. Making things happen. <laughs> Thank you for taking that long ride. It hopefully won't be a lot longer. I see. Got my fingers crossed. Me too, man. I have a designer working on the new podcast layout, right. which I'll be able to share with you. And uh, some new sponsorship opportunities, hopefully. Hey, for... share that with me too, so I can tell you where to put cameras. Well, and stuff uh, and yeah, yeah. We gotta... uh, I, it's, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it yeah. off camera, like yeah, its yeah. purpose, and it's, uh, you know, people are asking, well, what is it going to look like? You yeah. know, people that are supporting the show say, well, hey, what is, what is this new thing going to look have like? Like a strip do? club with poles, yeah, right, pole dancers, <laughs> no way. cage girls, so <laughs> cardboard box. I'm excited. So what we're talking about is, uh, we're you know we film in Miami, and we live, we both live 45 county, minutes up. to an hour away. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a drive in traffic. You drive two Living. hours from work, right? You go one hour north yeah. for work, and then two hours yeah. down here on a Thursday my to go back home and it's, I can it's see rough. my I can see my house from the highway I'm like oh. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get this thing back up to our neighborhood hopefully and it uh, op- also I really uh, it opens a door for us to do some more roundtables with groups of people we train with right and kind of get back to some of that original format of the show so I'm excited about that old school all right guys don't forget to like comment share subscribe um, notifications all of it yeah, notification. Well, I, was, I, I was YouTube has now connected the notification button to the subscribe. And oh yeah, to be different. It's all together, but we'd really appreciate the support. So thank you. Smash them all. Joining us today is Pierre Olivier Leclerc. You, you Bang. I said it with Nailed my American. It, yeah. I said Nailed it in an American. Nailed would you, it. Would you like to say it with the with the French accent? Uh, just just <laughs> out of respect, right? Pierre this Olivier Leclerc. Yeah. Close. Oh boy. It sounded like a fart. I know. Yeah. Come on. It, it, like, won't, do come it. on. it won't do it. Okay. So we were gonna let Google trans we were gonna let Google Google it. shy. All right. We Google, lost. Google. The voice. time has passed. Let's do a, a few quick shout outs. Thank you to Sean over at Flow and Roll. Hands down the best custom gear and nogi gear in the business. That's right. Uh, don't believe us, visit them on Instagram. Check out all the cool stuff he's always posting or that we repost on on our Instagram. Uh there. IG handle is flow underscore and underscore roll. Uh, website is flowandroll.com. You can get 20% off your online order with code JJD. And again, don't forget, ask them about the stuff they're doing for academies throughout the country. It's amazing work. Gym owners. The designs are incredible. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can basically, he can help you get everything that you need with very little out of pocket, everything you need for your gym, gi and no gi. Okay. Uh, thank you to the BJJ box. 
They are jujitsu's favorite monthly subscription box. It's delivered to your door filled with premium jujitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and a lot more. That's right. They find the best products in the world of jujitsu and guarantee that every box is going to be worth more than its cost. Each box includes between four and seven items. And use code JJD10 for $10 off your first box. All right? Uh, shout out to Neutral Zone CBD. Oh. Check out the stuff on the table there. Uh, no matter what your aches and pains are coming from, like, you know, lifting, rolling for us, right? Rolling on the mat or just a daily grind of life, Neutral Zone has a product for you. Find your Neutral Zone by finding the best product for your pain wellness so you can continue your active lifestyle. So check out everything that they have on NeutralZoneCBD.com. And it's code JJD for it's 25. 25% off your a order. quarter. Okay. That's right. Uh, was that everybody? 25 basis points. Is that it? I think so. Let's That's jump it. right in, man. Let's do this. Let's get Pierre in here. Woo. Two. Welcome, Pierre. How you Hello. doing? Hey, I'm good, guys. Uh, what's up? Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, I think we're going to dive Thanks right in. Let's do the obligatory, like, let's, let's start with how you got into jiu-jitsu, how you found jiu-jitsu or martial arts in general, yep. and uh, and then we'll see where that takes us. Okay, yeah. Uh, so uh started jiu-jitsu a bit more than eight years ago. It's going to be nine years, I think, this summer. Um, why did I get into jiu-jitsu? It was, uh, it was just like uh, after like kind of I was going to college, university, and uh, wanted to kind of find a new sport to like get back in shape. I was kind of had the college life a little bit, you know, of like not like uh, caring too much. And I <laughs> like I played hockey, obviously as a Canadian, you play hockey, right? Uh, and uh, for a while, and then I kind of stopped and just started like studying and, and partying or whatever. And uh, yeah, I was like, I wanted to get in shape, find a new sport. And I was always interested in uh, martial art, but like just from like seeing and watching, like, uh, like, I was not like I would watch a bit of MMA and stuff on YouTube, but I was never like uh, fully committed. Like, oh, this is what I want to do or whatever. But it's funny because uh, yeah, when I when I started looking for gyms, it was just after uh, I think I watched live uh, uh, GSP uh, fought Nick Diaz, and obviously like GSP is like huge and everywhere in the world, but like in Canada and in, and where I'm from, obviously because he's from same place. It's like uh, everybody watches, right? And uh, yeah, I just started like being like, oh, I, I want to start learning a bit of like that, not only to like maybe like as a sport and uh, at the same time as like a mean to like, you know, like self-defense and like you want to like learn a new skill. So go on Google Map, start looking at the gyms. And I live in Montreal at that time. Like I still live in Montreal, but like I was born on the south shore just like 20 30 minutes from there so i'm like uh yeah looking on google map I'm like tristar gym i'm like oh that looks pretty cool and also i, I go on the website i'm like this is where georgia trains so i'm like all right might as well do a tryout see how it is and uh yeah i walked in tristar gym as a first day white belt like my first day ever i got the shit beat out of me <laughs> Like it's a classic story, right? Yeah. And then I wanted more. I was like, I want to learn how that kid that's like 130 pounds can just like choke me, like I'm, like just had no strength. Like you think you're strong or whatever until you roll with a guy that has a bit of technique. And he was like a blue belt too. So, um, yeah. That's how it started, and then I never looked back. 
actually. Uh, did just, you know uh, you knew that GS that TriStar was GSP's gym, or did you once you got there you're like, oh wait a minute, this is oh this this so, is this, this is where I'm I'm at. Yeah, no. So actually, I I I didn't I I didn't knew like right away, but through researching, I was like, oh, this is where he trains. Okay. So I was like. I want to go there. I guess it's the like it's the place to train in Montreal. It made sense. And, and like I started not just jiu-jitsu. Like I started like my first class was jiu-jitsu, but I, I was like, oh, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to try MMA. You know, it's like you go to TriStar, you think I'm going to try MMA. So um, didn't go too well. Maybe we can talk about that later on. But like, yeah, I stuck to jiu-jitsu uh, from that first day. I knew I was like, I want more of this. I got like obsessed right away. And then meeting the right people and uh at the right time, I guess, just made it that now it's my career. Like I do this uh, full time. You know? What would you have done if you hadn't have gotten into jujitsu or or gone to TriStar? What'd you go uh, to school for? Yeah, so I was Did in school for uh, international relation, uh, which is like kind of politics and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I. It's funny because I, I don't enjoy politics, but at the same time, I like reading about like I like learning about how system works, how like how our world like works and like I really like economy and that stuff I do on the on the side sounds like you know jiu-jitsu people are nerdy and I'm just confirming that <laughs> we're even more nerdy like I'm like yeah. oh I read like economics book on the side you know like same I'm so smart but <laughs> no but <laughs> I'm not I'm an idiot but I do the same thing <laughs> that's it I I, I think you and me are probably the same. Actually. He's like a crypto uh, guy. I mean, and I'm sure well, lots financial. of others. He, Fi- he's, a, he's like one of these jack of all trades. Like that's, you know, he knows a if, little bit of yeah, something yeah. about a little bit of, you know, about a whole bunch of things. But. I'm a bit like this. So uh, actually, maybe you'll recognize this uh, this thing right now, this article. Eat out. Uh, if you're a crypto guy. Yeah. What is that? Do you Let me see. I just see eat out. It's hard for me to read. Is it the is times? It the, the light it's has like, a glare. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it has a glare, but let's try to... Something on Brink. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Chancellor on Brink of second bailout for banks. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's like uh, the Bitcoin Genesis was that. Yeah, day. yeah, that was like the Mont Gox stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, a bit a bit before, like before just before that. the they started the code. But yeah, I'm a crypto nerd too, but uh, that's yeah. another topic. Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, a whole other podcast. I could talk the end, of, the end of our last podcast is all... One of uh, my training partners knows that he's into crypto and asks him about uh, yeah. the what uh, SV, the, uh, yeah, it was SVB? Silicon Valley Bank, yeah, and, and then Bank and the break and, and signature and some crypto questions, and then they just went on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the last we'll 10 keep it. We'll the, keep it jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. The last ten minutes of the podcast are him talking about crypto. But go back and tell us you said something about uh, you know I started with MMA, but I got away from it. I I, I know why you got away from it. Let's tell everybody. What happened and why you stuck with jiu-jitsu? Uh, yeah, so um, so I started, like, yeah, doing MMA, so trying to, like... But, you know, I, I was not trying... I was trying to get better at jiu-jitsu mainly because it was the thing that was the most fun for me. But I enjoyed, like, you know, um, learning a few... Like, we were doing, like, two or three classes a week of, like, uh, MMA for, like, kind of beginner, intermediate. So, like, get in shape and learning a few like combo with your hands and kicks and stuff like that practice with like, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I would maybe at some point go back to like learning boxing just for fun. Um, but yeah. And we would spar like once or twice a week. And, um, I was really horrible. Like anyone starting 
And uh, yeah, I would do it like weekly. It would be fun. Like I was enjoying it. I was not thinking necessarily about competing, but I was just like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this. So one day I get to a sparring session and uh, and I'm, uh, I'm boxing a, a guy and it's like, we're going like kind of hard, but like not too crazy. We're like, we shouldn't end up with concussion, right? It's going okay. And then uh, I remember he goes like, I think he faints a jab or something. I'm like, oh, I'm going to like, I learned this. I'm going to slip like the jab and like throw a rant, uh, right hand over the top. But at the same time, I do that in my head, it sounds great. But like, as I did, <laughs> he just throws a, like a straight right down the middle wow. into my nose. And I feel like, like stunned for a second. And then he looks at me and he goes like, is your nose like that? Usually I'm like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so, so I'm like, no, I don't know what you're saying, but like, I don't think so. So we go to the mirror and my nose is like, I don't know how to do the shape, but it's like crooked completely, like wow. broken, like, and, uh, I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> so I'm like, kind of panicking. I'm like, I gotta go to the hospital. Yeah. And then he comes to me, the same guy that just broke my nose. And he's like, huh. I could, I could put it back in place for you. I'm like, no, uh, <laughs> no, exactly. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. And then the coach at the time, Neil, Neil Shepard, he's still there. He still coaches, comes to me and he's like, this guy's a surgeon. Oh. I'm like, what? You're a surgeon for real? He's like, yeah, I'm a surgeon. So I'm like, all right, I guess let's do it. You know? So he just lays me on the, on the mats and, uh, grabs his two thumbs and just like, push mm. it in there. And, uh, yeah, you just, I just heard like everything like cracking, kind of getting back in place. Then look in the mirror. He's like, Kind of straight. I'm like, yeah, not too kind bad. of straight. Kind of straight. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian it's healthcare. Too, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the universal healthcare for you. They just put it back in place. Yeah. In the gym. I, I was uh, so my low hanging fruit for that was like I would have said no because I live in Montreal and I pay crazy taxes to have free healthcare. So I was like, I'm just gonna go to my free hospital that I pay taxes for. I'm not gonna let. Yeah, that's where the, I was gonna the, go. I would down here. We'd be like, yeah, put it back. Cause. Yeah, yeah, down here, <laughs> that's a different story. I said no up there because it's like I'm gonna just go, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, misconception what else do is they like, do, what else do they do for a broken nose? Is that put it back and then you just gotta let it heal? There's nothing really. I think so. So yeah. Uh, so look, since it was on the mat like this, you just put it back, and then he was like, "Oh, come see me if you have any trouble or whatever." I did not take him up on the offer. Unfortunately, now I'm regretting it actually. Uh, Reason why is uh, if I would have went to the hospital, and just to uh, get back to what you were saying, yeah, it's free and like we pay massive taxes, but it's like I would have waited there probably twelve hours. So I was Whoa. like, I'm, I, yeah, it doesn't go fast. And whatever, that's another topic to another uh, <laughs> podcast. But uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's it's like it looks straight. So I'm like, fuck it, like I'm not I'm not gonna like go do the extra because I think they they put you. Like they have to go with like, I don't know, something in your nose and they have to really make it that your septum is like straight. Yeah. And I wish I would have done it because now um, it's almost not deviated, but it's just enough. So I get trouble breathing through the nose sometimes uh, through one nostril and it's like it's really annoying. So I'm actually going to do it, go back to the hospital at some point and get it straight. They have to re-break it, right? I mean... Did yeah. Re to re oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but, but like they, they, I think they like put you out, right. Then they break it and then you're like stuck with like 
something like clots like and stuff in, in your nose for yeah. Yeah. for a few weeks and uh not the nicest seen, thing but i've seen when they, yeah. people pull them out i watched the videos on youtube yeah. oh, man. when they pull the <laughs> when they pull the cotton swabs out yeah and it's like super bloody and just like it's not uh, yeah. It's every girl that's ever gotten a nose job. It says Dude, I had rhino, a deviated septum, right? <laughs> Rhinoplasty's no joke. I used to watch those surgery videos too on YouTube, uh, and when they take a chisel to like being a plastic surgeon or an orthopedic surgeon, if you watch those videos on YouTube, like they take they use sledgehammers. It's medieval, man. It's crazy. <laughs> what if you showed up at the hospital and it was the old training partner? And it's like, hey, hey. oh, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> round well, surgeon. You know it. I, I would feel confident because the same guy actually did both my knees when I had the meniscus uh, surgery. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, so so we got that bond, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, listen, you should have got your nose done when you did yeah. your knees. Hey, yeah. I should have. Listen, but punch me like, in the face and fix it again. Fucking, it sounds like a childhood song with this guy getting surgery. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, Yeah, meniscus is not too bad, but uh, so just to like finish up on that story, it's like... Uh, um, so that happened, right? And I couldn't really spar for like and, and have contact for for like more than a month. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna drill jiu-jitsu, like do more classes. And like I was like, fuck striking for now. Like it kind of obviously, yeah. Like I was I was getting more into jiu-jitsu, and then uh, yeah, even when I healed up, I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing this because then. Um, yeah, I started thinking about competing, and and it started be becoming more serious. Even after a few months, you know. So that's what happened. Yep. So I always say there are two categories of people that start jujitsu or that that try to to get into jujitsu, and it's either you love it or you hate it. This is not a sport where you'll go. Hey, let me. I'm going to go to a class every once every couple of months or for a week every couple God, of months. Right. You're just never going to do it. You said. Did you really fall in love with it day one? Did you know like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, I'm definitely coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like my first ever experience with martial art, I didn't say that earlier, but like was like in college, I had the judo class as a like a filler class or I don't know how you call that, but like. Elective. Um, yeah, exactly. So so I I decided to, uh, I was like, oh, judo, I'm going to try, you know, it might be fun. And it was the first time I rolled kind of, we were like doing pins and stuff like that, but it, it was not like jiu-jitsu exactly, but I already kind of liked it. And then the first class I had in jiu-jitsu, I'll remember forever. And it, it, it was just like you said, I loved it. And I was like obsessed right away. I was like, I want to get better at this. It, 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 this is hard. And I feel better after, even if I just get the beat shit out of me, you know, like, so it's kind of like hockey. <laughs> Yeah, hockey's, yeah. Hockey is a tough sport. It's a tough sport, yeah. It is a tough sport, but um, it's also I started sprinting. at like four, so hockey. So I was like right away on skates, like already mm. my, my dad was making us like. So like, for me, like growing into the sport is different than and starting it, I feel. You it's found like, it. I know how to skate. So you put me on a skate, with I, I know how to do it. But like jiu-jitsu is like, because I started late, I started at 21, I'm 29 now. And uh, because I started late, I felt like, oh, this is really hard and new. So, like, I, I just felt like I had so much to learn and to do. So what was it like training in that gym? Did you, you know, are you getting, are you seeing GSP and Faraz, like, training? Are you there to see training camps? Was there an experience there that you, you know, w were able to train with them? Yeah, so, um, so walking, I remember, too, the first time I walked in, 
into the gym, I was like, it's pretty intimidating because it's like a hardcore gym, you know? Like, it's not like the fancy jiu-jitsu nice gym, like, it's uh, that has a lounge for coffee or shit like that. <laughs> I, like, you enter and you know it's an MMA gym. So, like, just the environment was kind of intimidating a bit at first. And then uh, Faraz was there, like, every day. And he still is. Uh, he's uh, He lives in the gym, man. He's always there. Uh, George GSP wasn't there because um, I started just after his Hendrix fight and he kind of retired. So I think he took a bit of time off, but I saw him a few times and I was like, uh, yeah. And he gave a class. I remember, um, pretty early on when I started. So like, like you would see the pros, you would see people like the class. It's always been like that. It's like, it's, uh, there's a like all level class and like MMA guys come to the class and you see like everyone. And, uh, for us mostly give them, and uh yeah it was like it was a it was crazy to be around that environment because as a fan as like someone who likes mma you right. get there and then you start seeing the faces you've seen on tv and then you kind of like you end up training with them at first i remember now it's like normal right it's that's just these are my friends and it's my lifestyle but like at the beginning i was like whoa like it's, it's so crazy because i was really a fan you know so mm-hmm. that changed course but it's a good feeling to, to, just thinking about it so when did you start thinking about competing you know even like local tournaments and then and then really what brought you how did you hook up with danaher and, and that crew yeah so um competing is a uh, i always like uh credit like uh two guys in particular it's a uh, uh, well, you guys know them, like Oliver Taza and Ethan Bronson. Yeah. So when I started, they started just a little bit before me. So they were already like training a lot and like always being there. And uh, obviously, like through being there all the time, you get match up with them sometimes. So you start talking and, and they were really friendly. And one of the things I always give them credit for is like they um, even if I was like kind of a little bit out. Of, well, I was out of shape when I started, but like out of shape and like just like willing to be there, they would always bring me for extra classes, right? They would say like, oh, come to this classes uh, or come drill before or we'll do like situational. They would always do the extra work and they were always very open-minded about having other people coming in because they needed body and at the same time, it's like you want to get better all together, right? It's the good gym culture you should have. And uh, so it started with them because I got, into training more and more i was like oh shit you can actually train like every day you know like uh, uh and then not only you can train every day but like my uh, they started like telling me like hey if you want like there's a competition coming up you should do it and i was like uh i never thought about competing at all like i competed in hockey and other sports but for me i was just getting there to have fun and get in shape and then they kind of pushed me into my first competition so i did it six months after starting and uh, it actually went well. Like, I won my division at White Belt, whatever. But that feeling made a big difference, I think, because I was like, look, I, from like from what I know, from what I trained in the gym and having the guys around and, like, going and competing, I'll, I'll remember that forever. It's like, it was such a good moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to start doing this. This is too good, you know? It's like, it feels too good. So that's where it started, yeah. And that, how did you make your... your- you made your way to New York. Was that your first stop? Oh, so uh, at Penzo's and, and John. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, Henzo's and John, it was a bit different. It was like, yeah, that was a bit later. Uh, I was like at Bluebell. I've been training for like maybe a year, a year and a half. And uh, we uh, we were really lucky because uh, we had the, well, first of all, uh, for us as a black belt under John, so we had that connection. And then um, we had a uh, training partner in the UFC, Tom Breeze. He's uh, from England. He was training with at TriStar uh, back in the days. And uh, he he would travel to New York and he knew Gordon pretty well because he would train with him. And Gordon was a purple belt at the time. And he would always tell us about Gordon. He'd be like, this guy's so good. You guys have no idea. Skinny Gordon. So at some point during his training camp, he, uh, he brought him in uh, for uh, like for a week or something like that. Brought him in. He was living in the dorms, brought Gordon in the dorms. And uh, and like first night Gordon arrives, me and Taz are on the mat and Gordon's there and uh like he he's just like smashing everyone and he like remember he's a purple belt like tall skinny at the time and we're like just like what is going on so we roll with him and we spend the night with him and he uh, showed us a lot of stuff and then um so we got to meet, meet gordon and then for us at the same time i think it was before or after but he brought eddie cummings yeah i think it was a bit before he brought eddie cummings gary tonan for uh seminars and uh he had them stay Eddie Cummings stay a week with us to learn leg lock. And that's like seven years ago. It just, it was just started, you know, like, uh, Eddie was not even in the EBI yet. So we had that environment, like being connected directly to New York, like the new leg lock thing coming up and we were directly into it. And then Gordon coming and Taza getting friend with Gordon, basically Gordon invited him at the house. And that's where he started. It started like East. Taza started to go to New York first, then uh, Ethan, then myself, and then we just started doing round trip. And I met uh, Nikki Ryan through Gordon, obviously, and I became like really good friend with Nikki. And at the time, it's crazy. He was like 13 when I met him. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but he was like already like a, a beast and super cool guy. And we've been friends since then. And uh, yeah, and just I, I, I couldn't stay like, like longer time like because uh, i had a job and stuff like that at the beginning so i couldn't stay as much as like tazo tazo would go for months almost um i i would go like a few weeks come back go a few weeks come back and uh, yeah and we got to train with uh all the guys and see everything coming up uh from from the blue basement you mentioned dorms did they have i know like uh america we, we live very close to american top team where we are I, I'm yeah. very close. They built it's a like, hotel right, it's the next, next town over. It. Yeah, like they have like dorms in the gym. Is did for does Faraz have something like that? You s explain the dorms. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, so TriStar dorms. Uh, it's like in the same building as TriStar, and it's like uh, just like next door. And uh, there was always people like uh, fighters. There was like few era, and it changed a lot over time. But like it's still open, and there's like people traveling from everywhere, uh, amateur or like pros, and they they stay in the dorms. It's a good way to uh, get. Um, get used to the gym and the environment, you know, without having to spend like crazy money. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so so I think just like ATT or or other gyms have that. Okay. Now, if we could fast forward, I'm I'm like, we started talking about Nikki Ryan. So right now, this whole B team new wave thing. So where are you officially training? I, I like I put in our our announcement, like I said, B team regular. Cause we had, yeah. we didn't get to talk and I wasn't 100% sure. Like 
you're always there? Are you still like a you know consider yourself a tri-star? You know, tell us where you yeah. are right now. Where where do you you know train on a daily basis? Pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's exactly what we'll, I'm going to we'll do. We'll get into the new wave, I guess, side of it too. But wh- where the heck are you training, and and like you know what you more, more kind of curiosity. Yeah. No, so so my uh, my uh, my home is uh, Montreal and TriStar. That's my home gym, you know, and that's where I train mostly out of the year. Uh, you're right when you put B team regular. I'm like a B team yeah. regular. I, I last year I dropped in like a bit more than almost three months overall during the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year I've dropped in for a month already, and uh, so when uh, when they moved to Puerto Rico before the split, when the split happened for me, it was like uh, quite simple. Like of course I, I I've I've trained with John Gordon Gary, uh, and these guys have helped my game tremendously. So like I always respect that. But uh, the whole thing was for me it was pretty simple. It was like Nikki Ryan. And Ethan are real like my real good friends that I've known for a long time, and they're actually like really good friends. So for me, it was natural to go uh, to B team. Um, then for for their own reason, they have like the whole split that happened. But like uh, that's the reason why I I started visiting B team because um, yeah, just friendship friendship for me was number one. Yeah. Um, so I had to keep that. You know, it's like a form of loyalty. Just like I, I stay with Faraz here. In Montreal and he's my coach like it I I wanted to get my black belt under for us it was important to me because I like I said I started day one walked into TriStar and I'm still there I'm still training there and uh it's my home gym yeah so That's for me that gym. that kind of loyalty was important so without getting into the details I mean they, they've like been on Lex Freeman recently and everybody like they've yep. talked about it to an extent I we, we don't have to go there but what I'm curious about is could you walk into new are they still at henzo's in in austin they still train out of henzo's or do they like new wave are they still in that henzo's location thank you to feito it and av specializing in commercial and residential automation security cameras cctv pos and more check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram, too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ Box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. 
Flow & Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Yeah, so they, uh, I think John tra- uh, trains, he teaches at Henzo's Austin, mm-hmm. and the new wave is actually basically the team. Yeah. Is at Roca. That's the gym you see, like the pictures okay. and where yeah. they train. So that's a separate gym. So okay. another facility. And uh, look, we have uh, we have up and comers from TriStar, like Purple Belts, that travel all the time to New Wave. And mm-hmm. like I go at B Team, these guys go at New Wave, but we're at the end of the day, like it's we're, we're TriStar belt. guys. That's mm-hmm. number one. And number two is like, yeah, we're like we're allowed to go to one place or the other. I don't think I'm allowed to go back to New Wave probably because I kind of picked my side, right? That's um, the question. That's the overarching yeah. question is like, could you walk in there and be like, hey, John, um, hey, Gordon, let's, uh, you want to roll? So <laughs> I haven't tried, but I feel like maybe it could work with those uh, glasses and the nose, you know, like <laughs> with if the I mustache. walk in. When you get your nose like, oh. fixed, when you get your nose fixed and you look different, <laughs> then you go in yeah. there, you know? It's not me, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe if I do that, they'll let me train. And then mm-hmm. when they discover that it's me, we'll see what happens. But yeah. no, like, I'll joke aside, like, we, uh, I've seen them a few times at competition. I know some of their students, like, uh, not all of them because they have a lot of new students, yeah. but like, like, I'm cool with everyone and it's like it was never about me and what happened like i, I picked my side because of like my friendship for uh, towards nikki ryan and uh and ethan and uh that's pretty much it i don't think they would let me because it makes no sense for them which i understand mm-hmm. it's like if i'm gonna represent b team when i'm like in austin and like when i train and i talk about it and i post it on social it makes no sense for them you know so, like when you uh, guys you guys are, they're all in austin there's like they could be in the same room and, and it's not, there's not going to be a rumble. Right. I mean, it's no, not exactly. There, no, right? It's no. like, yeah. nobody hates each other, but it's like, yeah, yeah. let's respect. I think there's go a to few the- people that like have a little problem with each other. And it's one of the reasons why like the team split because uh, it was a bunch of stuff coming up at the same time. And like in Puerto Rico, while the COVID was happening. So I think it was a lot of like stuff that was brewing that happened. And then, but then you see them like, like there's a jiu-jitsu event like every Thursday and Friday in Austin, like small, like uh, on Enigma. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's like Thursday yeah. night. That's a uh, 10 planet. And then Friday night. And there's events all the time. And they see each other all the time. They shake hands. There's no uh, cordial. It's not it's not as bad as what we see on the Internet, just like anything in life. Yeah. Usually, right? that, does that does that add fuel to the fire when they see each other or is everybody just like. People too like tired. I could make my best friends in the world. We could really get under each other's skin and make fun of each other. Yeah. Like, is it like that? And it's, or is it like, well, that was too far. And now we're, you know, now we couldn't be in the same room. Is it there? Cause the shit is funny. No, so I think the, the stuff I that's think, going back and forth right now is hilarious. It's pretty we, funny. we enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I enjoy it too. I think it's, it's, it's pure entertainment. Like yeah. I feel like most people that are not like, directly involved like myself like i'm not directly involved but i know stuff because i'm on the inside kind of but it's like i'm entertained by 
everything everything that happened like the the nikki rod stuff then the uh craig is like he tries yeah this. craig is is a mastermind at like just trolling people getting, he's the master troll skin. i couldn't imagine yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. and that, then that gabby and garcia then, stuff like, was have, great what's that the gabby garcia stuff with craig jones oh, dude. i can't yeah. get enough it's like everything that he posts is amazing it's yeah. like it's it's really funny so so it's like because i'm not involved like i feel from the outside it's funny i i know some people like on the inside like maybe don't like it as much but like dude when it was like the feud was going on recently like really hard i would walk into b team because i was there at the moment and I would just see Craig and Nikki Rod like chilling and having fun and enjoying this, you know. So, I, I then I don't I'm not at UA, so I don't know how they, they they take it. But to to be honest, like I think it's the kind of stuff that you gotta laugh about, you know. Like you can't yeah. be too serious about it. Go back to the time when the team is together. Yeah. And Gordon's always been like this with other people, though, right? With with outsiders. Yeah. What was what was the feeling amongst those of you, you know, you, the, his training partners, and and if you can, like some insight from like what John thought, were you guys like, oh, this is just too much? Why are you, why are you fighting with that person? Like, let's just roll. Like, did you guys have feelings about it, or was it the same? Like, oh, this is just funny. Let him do what he's gonna do. Yeah, I think uh, Gordon. Everybody knew that he was doing that to get uh, not only some form of attention, but like like preparing fights you know he was selling like basically yeah. his his persona and uh trying to get fights and i think it worked like his fights with pena that's how he got it like yeah talking shit about galvao about like everyone and and that was his route like he i think he figured it out pretty early and he was like like craig his route is fun it's having fun and making fun of people uh gordon it's the talk shit and it's fine you know i, I don't think got financial to, motives yeah look i i wasn't there all the time in new york so but for me i never had the sense like oh people are like yo you should stop this or like i think they were just like he's doing his thing and it's working yeah. and he's getting like he's reaping benefits from it yeah. you know that's the whole point a lot, I think, of, a lot of people copying it yeah. craig jones is a little yeah. bit we talked about this a, a little bit on the last episode craig jones is a little bit more self-deprecating like he could be making in front of somebody and I, I, I said this on the last episode. Anytime the camera's zooming out while he's talking, I'm like, he's got no pants on. You know, he's like, he's yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, here we go. He's been, if he's attacking somebody, there's something in that video that's gonna make where he's gonna make in front of himself. Yeah. And yeah. that's like my favorite kind of humor. Like, okay, he Same. doesn't really take himself so seriously. Like, yeah. so we enjoy that. I think we both kind of resonate with. I, with that, that was a question I asked. I know? was like, out of the whole podcast, who do you resonate with? Yeah, more? yeah. So we yeah, enjoy and, that and, more. Yeah, and you know, like like Craig is is smart because that type of uh, humor, uh, what it does is like no one can really attack you attack you on much. You know, like yeah. they can't really make fun of you because you're you're doing it for them before they can even do it. So he's like, it's just smart. It's yeah. like the M- it's playing. the Eminem model. Did you ever see Eight Mile? Yes. Right at the end, yeah. he raps, but he yeah. he he says, "I know what you're about to say about me," and he rips on himself and just. Gave, gives you no fuel. You yeah. have no ammunition because he's already made in front of everything that you could possibly make exactly. fun of about him. So that is true. Like nobody's ever firing shots at Craig Jones, right? I mean, it's a nice guy. I mean, and he's already made fun of himself. Yeah. You know. I mean, uh, uh, Gordon did, but it's like the thing is, Gordon can only uh, well, what Gordon does usually is he's going to attack people on their skill level, on like their achievement, 
And look, you can say like Craig's a loser. You can say like Craig doesn't do well or whatever. But at the end of the day, like I think 99% of people in jiu-jitsu will say like Craig's pretty damn good and he showed he's damn good. And on top, he's funny. It's like he's hard to attack because of that. It's because he's a fan favorite. I think he can beat him. I I (laughs) I made a, a very bold accusation about Gordon on the last episode. And it was that I think he's a fucking nice guy. I'm when I watch him do this. If you see a video of him talking, I feel like he's uncomfortable. I feel like he's uncomfortable when he's being the heel. When he's in an interview and he's yeah. like, he looks uncomfortable. I accuse him of he's a nice guy. I could see this uncomfortableness, and I've heard people say he's a nice guy. This is again about selling the fights. He looks uncomfortable doing it, and he, I, I again, I've never met him, but I'm saying. I think it's because he's a nice guy and this is uncomfortable for him to go that far out and be, try to be that much of an asshole. Yeah. Look, potentially, I think uh, I haven't, haven't been with him in forever. Last time was in Puerto Rico, like two years ago. I think like uh, in the jiu-jitsu room, one thing that I could say like that was positive about him was like, he was always willing to help and, uh, and uh, very like, that that he, he had it you know like if you had questions and stuff like that you would always help uh then as a person i've never hang out with gordon so like Can't outside of, of the jiu-jitsu room so like you hear stuff from other people hearsays and, and, and stuff like that so it's hard i think he's uh like you said he's a i think any interaction with people he's always a bit like you like you don't know what angle he's gonna take um Maybe he's uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe he's uncomfortable talking to people. Like, who knows, you know? But, like, in the jiu-jitsu room, yeah. It wasn't, like, never... He was never a dick to me at the very least, you know? But, uh, yeah, then you hear some stories and stuff like that. So, like, what what are you going to do? Like, what do you know? And then it's hard, you know? It's it's like, is it true? Is it not? Like, It's, yeah. lo- it's lonely at the top. That's <laughs> what it is. I- how do they, how is that room like when you go to train at the B team? What's different about training there and when you when everybody trained together? What's the atmosphere like now? Yeah, so the B team atmosphere is amazing. Like in the sense where like it's really good vibe. Like it's like most people are friends. Like they like they they're together to train together and like like obviously you have guys like Craig who can like make fun of everyone and then like everybody has their personality and it really shines in my opinion. So it's like really fun to train there and uh, it's hard training too. That's one of the reasons why I go and I always go with like some questions and I always learn some stuff because uh, um, I say it all the time, but like Nikki shaped my, Nikki Ryan shaped my, my game a lot. And I've, cause I've known him for so long and we've exchanged it. And I feel like his style of passing helps mine. And, and so I come to him, got some questions Craig's always trying to innovate on new stuff, man. He's always like, like, oh, I might check this out. And then you go and you like, he shows you new, new stuff. So it's really good. The difference I would say is like, when it was everyone together, it was, John was running the, the, the class, you know, he's, he's the coach, he's the head coach. So the difference with B team is like, you don't have one head coach. You have multiple guys that exchange together. So I like the environment of like getting together and trying to figure out stuff. Um, John would do the same. But like he would pick, let's say like, oh, Gordon, Gary, or like uh, Nikki, like try this out. And they would still exchange and, and do stuff, but it was mo- mostly run by John. Um, he is like, he is a mastermind right out what he does. Yeah. It's not like, uh, it's not bullshit, you know, like a- anyone knows now because they can see the teaching. Uh, but that's the main difference. Does, 
I, I know that you said this, and I, I know that I agreed with you about Nicky Ryan. It seems like, again, from the outside, maybe looking in, he's a pretty amazing coach. It feels like he's, he's got a beautiful mind. I think he's, uh, if, if there was somebody, tell me if I'm wrong, if there's somebody that would rise to the top in the next five years as a coach, it seems like maybe that it would be him. Would you agree with that, or am, are we again? Um, we're outsiders looking in. Yeah. He just seems yeah. like he says like he has this beautiful mind about jujitsu. Yeah. It's, it's different when you hear him talk about it. So, uh, in regards to Nicky Ryan coaching, yeah, I would say like so. First of all, I think he's a he's definitely some like on the same level as his brother and John, like some kind of genius in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like he understands stuff like really, really well, and uh, and he applies it really, really well by having. Like he started pretty young, right? So, and uh, and he's always trying to incorporate new techniques and new stuff. He's trying to get better all the time. So, I think that makes for and he's an amazing teacher. So that makes for a great coach. Although, I think he's not done with his competitive career. Even if like a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, he didn't do well at ADCC, and then he hasn't really compete much, and all like he had the knees injuries and all that stuff. But yeah. like Nikki and if you watch the Lex Freeman podcast, he talks about it. Like he knows he needs to compete and he needs to get out there and just get into his rhythm. And it will happen. I believe, uh, he's like only 21, you know, like yeah. he, he has so much time and like, yeah, he's a baby. people forget like forget, you forget. You're 21, you're going to turn maybe 22. It's like his best years are ahead of him. Like I'm, I'm going to turn 30 pretty soon. And I feel the best shape I ever been. I feel like my jitsu and my, my physicality come together now at, 30 you know and your brain so and my brain exactly yeah. i think it's a mix of everything right you become more mature so that guy that started young that has like still unless he, he like obviously hopefully he doesn't keep injuring himself he's doing well right now but like if this guy keeps competing and and he's going to be an amazing competitor he is already and he's going to be even bigger than that and then i think later on you'll find that he becomes like a, an amazing coach for sure yeah yeah, I feel like when I when I hear him talk about jujitsu and his coaching, like not his coaching style, because I mean I only see him on the side of the mats and he rarely says anything, which is like always funny with these high competitors. But uh, it's like when he's talking about jujitsu, it's almost like he sees it, like how I said last, he sees it like abstract. He doesn't like he understands all the variables, and he could just like no bullshit tell you like that is not gonna work for you right now. Yeah, like I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. That's I what mean, I feel. Yeah, like. again, I mean, but we're outsiders, but I think the podcasts that we hear and when we hear people talking about them, I think that we get that sense. But um, let, let's move on to with that. We do not have to talk about particular people. But what is your opinion about steroids and jujitsu right now? Obviously, you know this this uh, the hot recent topic. USADA and 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 IBJJF. Yes, it's a hot topic. What are your thoughts on having to compete against somebody who? might be doing steroids versus, you know, people that don't touch anything that are, that are completely natural. Yeah. It's a great question, especially with everything that's happening. Like recently we had like people got caught and all that shit. Um, look, I, as a, I think I can speak for any athletes uh, that are natural, especially uh, we all have the, the thought at some point, should I do it? You know, like I had that conversation with myself at some point I was like, everybody's on gear like everybody most people like at the high level are on gear because we don't test 
there's no like almost no test beside like IBGGF Worlds, and which is pretty recent. And it's like, so you tell yourself, all right, because they don't test, obviously people will do it, which makes sense uh, for most people. But like, I think a lot of athletes have that conversation with themselves, and then they realize like if if you look at the incentive, it's it makes more sense to do steroids. But I'm not saying to do steroids. I'm not telling people to do steroids, but that was my thinking. And then I was like, the issue, I just got a cat right there that's trying to come in. <laughs> um, I thought I heard one. Yeah. So the issue with that, in my opinion, is like, well, for me, it was my health. It's my long-term health. And it's like, I, I'm a research guy. I like to do some research and like try to figure out stuff. I'm going to pick him up. That's All okay. Right. Bring yeah. him up. We got a new guest. Welcome to the show. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a he's an ugly one, but uh, no, he's not. That's a great looking cat. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just to get back, sorry guys. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. So so like for 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 me it was like long term. Uh, so Health, like thinking right? of like what's my dream, uh, what I want to do with my life, right? And like long term health is more important to me. As because I know I'm going to compete like for a few years more, and then at some point I'm going to teach, and I'm going to like I want kids. I want like I want like more than just competing, right? There's more to life after, and because I know this, I don't want to take the gamble of uh, doing steroids. Um, so then come into your question, like okay, you have that conversation. A lot of people I think will be like. My dream is to win ADCC, is to be the best, so I'm going to take steroids like my idols, right? And then it, it gets to the point where you go out and you compete against people, and yeah, they'll be on gear. Does it affect me? Not really, uh, in the sense where, look, if it's IBGF Worlds and it, it's in the rules, yeah, you shouldn't be on gear. It's cheating, and it's cheating even in ADCC, even if it's not in the rule. I think you're enhancing your body uh, to a, to a crazy extent, which is not or like not normal for a human being, right? We have ranges. That's where there's ranges. You can be at both hands, right? Um, but I'll never make an excuse of losing because someone's on steroids, because most of the competition they don't test and it's allowed. So for me, it's like just I know I can beat guys on steroids by being more technical, more strategic, more like. It's not just about being physical, right? Everybody knows jiu-jitsu is not just about being physical. Although, like, if if I qualify for ADCC and I get there, like, I know it's going to be hard because, like, those guys, like, like at ADCC especially, it's, like, it's the place where everybody's on gear. And the Steroid, issue, it's the steroid Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, like, the steroid fest. But the biggest and main issue, in my opinion, is not – is it allowed or not? The biggest issue is like once it's not like they don't put any guideline, people, it's a contest of who shoot more gear and not just like, okay, let's say everybody in the 77 uh, kilo division are allowed like 200 milligram of TRT, let's say, okay? Then it would be an even field. But the thing is like, uh, like life is not even, like I don't have the same testosterone that you do. And then the second thing is like some guys have access to like better products than other and they start shooting like like instead of shooting like 200 milligram well they shoot seven eight hundred because they're like i can't so i'll do it right look at the liver king he was like injecting like twenty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. per month because he's rich and he like he, yeah. it's, his, his whole brand is around his abs and his he's weird wealthy, body looking for sure right 
So where I'm going with this is like the main issue that I have with that is like guys are willing to put their life on the line or their their long longevity by injecting more stuff than the other. So they make sure like for Galvao to say that Gordon was strong. Imagine that. Did you guys see how they looked at ABCC? Yeah. Like it's not just like it's not just he was the first, Galvao yeah. was I'm sorry was, to interrupt. Was, Galvao was the first guy and the first major gym to really really get trolled online for for everyone being on steroids or at yeah. least making the accusation being juicy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and look like we know how, how they look like they're not natural. Everybody knows and like Gordon's mm-hmm. open about it. He tells Dude. everyone that like basically doing steroids is not cheating because it's not in the rules. And then you look at those guys, but on top, it's not just about being technical. Like for sure, technicality is good. But like if I'm shooting 10 times the amount that my other buddy's shooting, I'm going to be way stronger. I'm going to be recovering way faster. But then you pay the price at some point, you know? Yeah. And I think some people are ready to do that gamble. And that's the biggest, for me, it's like the thing where I'm like, even if I go to ADCC and I shoot steroids, I'll never shoot as much as maybe the other guy. So now it becomes like, what's the incentive? It's like, oh, you got to do more to be better. And it's it becomes an escalation. Yeah. yeah. And my, so the way I think about this is, do you think this is the beginning of the discussion of making jiu-jitsu a professional sport in America? So by professional, you mean like with Uzada and like stuff and, like that? And, yeah, and you don't pay $200 to win a $5 medal and then get tested. Yeah, that's crazy for sure. Like that, yeah. I understand that people were like, "Yeah, you shouldn't like get tested if you're paying like yeah. to compete." I understand that, and I agree with you a hundred percent. It's cheating, a hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, I feel like this is the beginning. Like we're living through the beginning stages of jujitsu becoming. This is the make or break moment of making jujitsu either professional or it's going to keep going. It's going to be a fucking shit show for however long. I, I think it's. It could be the beginning, like you said, but I don't see it in the next five to ten years becoming yet like that professional level. Because I think it's uh... a. And, and wait, can can I throw something in real quick, Pierre? Absolutely. When, when yeah, you say ahead. when you're saying the pro thing, because we had we discussed this a lot in the last episode, yeah. but when you're saying the pro, are, are you kind of just talking a little bit about more about the IBJJF and that format? And those guys, because you said like no, the any, because there are pros, you could fight in one championship, you can fight in WNO. I consider that the pros yeah. already. Yeah, but right? WNO, that's a that's a stupidity test, right? Like you could take roids there all you want. Well, again, that's the thing though. That's pro, and their rules are their rules. Yeah. But I think you're, when you talk about should they become pro, are, are you really talking about it more? I'm talking about like IBJJF. A, you're not considered a pro, but then no, you're getting tested. No. You're getting, you know, USADA could show up you know, at an event or at your house to test. I, 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 I don't want to speak for you, but is that kind of what you were really saying last episode? No, I mean like now? one, one league. I don't know which one's the winner yet. Yeah. It could be any of them. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. like, okay, look, the fact that, that I could be a black belt, right? Which I'm not. And I'm the same age as a lot of the really, really good black belts, right? Like I'm right around yeah. there. I'm 30, I'm 38, you know? So I'm like, I'm right in that range. So like when I eventually become a black belt, and I'm and I'm signing up for an IBJJF Masters Five or whatever. I could like sign up as an adult black belt division and be 50 years old and go against you know 
Cole Abate. Uh, yeah. Right, who or somebody who's fought in yeah, one no, championship, he'll be a, he'll be a black belt then. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He'll be a black belt in two years. But yeah. what I'm saying is, like, eventually, I could like we're we're the same weight. Like, eventually, I could sign up for an event and go with this freaking hammer drill of oh. a of a, <laughs> a jujitsu player. Uh, Pierre, I kind of feel like again that to for me, I also have that argument. It is very strange that you can watch a guy potentially fight like again in a in one championship or WNO, or Fight to Wins, and then I'm going to see that same guy... Naga. ...at a Naga, <laughs> or a new breed. Yeah. It's like, really? Like, do you really need the medal? Like, what, I mean, usually a guy's going to do a small local event because it's more about, like, okay, I got to yeah. represent for my sponsors. I think that there's a whole disconnect right there in that part of it. Like, I don't want to show up. Let's just say I'm the same weight as you. I don't want to show up at a tournament and see you standing across. I'm a hobbyist. I'm a three-day-a-week guy. Four, I'm like, wow, I trained a lot this week. One hour a day, like, that's me. I'm the opposite. I just Do it in nine paid. years, like, that. that's me. To show up against somebody who's doing a, like, a professional, somebody who, this is their job, they're training multiple times a day, you know. They get paid. Four, six times a week. They're getting paid. They have sponsors. Really, should we really be on the same mat in that? Yeah, maybe in the gym, but should we really be training or competing at an IBJJF together? Does that make sense for yeah. either of us? No, I, I totally understand. I think it. I think I agree with you guys uh, definitely. Like just like uh, like you want you want your uh, your up and comers and the people that are maybe more hobbyists if they want to turn more pro. Like you want them to have a transition right where it's possible. Right now it's a bit of a shit show. It's like you go to some events and it's like a mix and uh, and yeah. I think over time maybe we'll see more like professional league. I think. Uh, ADCC in a certain way with the opens and with everything they're trying maybe to figure it out. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I think, yeah, for sure. Like it's going to be good if like we start like having it more, like how could I tell that? Like more, yeah, more professional in a certain I mean, way, but I, I think it's, I, it will take time for sure. I think maybe we disagree a little bit. Like I, I believe that the ADC side, ADCC side are the guys that, you know, or either pro or wannabe pro, quote unquote pro. That is a pro event. I think, yeah, I think the WNOs, the fight, fight to wins, yeah. maybe not as much, right? It's, it's, hey, local guy, you know, comes out. Yeah, maybe that's not. A, that's as, a local circuit. More of like a WNO uh, and, and, uh, and one and championship. Again, and the one championships and things like that. Those are the pro guys. But the fact that that's somebody that really, like the Rotolos, right, could actually show up at a new breed. A Naga, yeah, or, Naga or, or an whatever, IBJJF yeah. and sign up what and about? they would roll again. That just doesn't make sense. Not that they would do it, but it yeah. does kind of happen every once in a while. You're what like, about what Whitaker? is that guy doing on this? Well, you saw like Cyborg at, at uh, Grappling Industries is a good example like yeah. recently. Was he? Yep. Or, or, or <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, he did, it, did like a absolute like uh, Grappling Industries and just like. But was it a super fight or was it actually like he was part no, of the No, it was like a bracket. Yeah, it was a bracket. Although, like, Dante was in it, and they had a close match, really okay. close match, no point scored. But, like, the rest of the guys were just, like, regular dudes, you know? Yeah. Mm. Warm-up I guess, I mean, so, yeah, no, I understand your point. It's, like, like, it shouldn't happen, but, like, to prevent it, you would have to have, like, leagues and, like, a federation yeah. and stuff like that. So then we become, like, we go into the uh, pro and amateur uh, yeah, like, the PJ, discussion. Yeah, the PJJ, man. Yeah. So I mean I yeah. even I remember it, it just I, it just kind of like uh, jogged my memory. 
we had Wagner come in. Wagner was was on the show. And he talked about what they called it. I don't know if you know, they called it like there was a time where they called themselves the Avengers. It was like Wagner, um, uh, Jay-Z, Cyborg. Like those guys would travel around doing tournaments. And this is how they would make, they might make a little bit of money. Maybe there was a super fight here and there, but they would do the tournaments and no, go around. No, they do the pay yeah. tournaments and they just clean and, house. Yeah, and they would go clean house. And he said like they would show up and people would go, I'm le-, like drop out of the bracket and leave. Like yeah. again, like they... It was happening back then. Again, I, I just I think it's strange. I think it does like once you with like amateur athletes, I think like the Olympics kind of maybe I don't want to say they had it right, but like in the US we never let our pros into the Olympics, right? You had to be an amateur yeah. to be in the Olympics and there was yeah. like a you know, then they started letting the basketball players play and stuff like that. But I think, you know, it's like once you're being paid to do this as a job, again as a fine line, I guess. You're a pro, like you're a pro, and yeah. you should stick with these events and like let the let the hobbies or, or, be over here or meet certain criteria. And, and by the yeah. way, I I know that I say that, and there are some hobbyists out there be like, "Fuck no, my jujitsu is just as good as that guy," and I'm I'll, I'll fight him. Okay, I'll fight. Yeah, okay, okay, I okay. get it. I, you know, you're supposed <laughs> to say that you're a tough guy. Great, you, you know, I've woken up from a choke too. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I don't that I, dream. I, I don't. We we I guess we could talk about it all day, but I get I appreciate your your take on it. I just I think. I'm, I I I had a heart attack and I never I competed one time after that and then I didn't compete anymore. My cardio just like my body changed. The the, the cardio just yeah. changed. And by the way, I attributed to steroids in my 30s. I'm going to be 50 this year. I did steroids in my 30s and I did a whole, I fucked up my body a lot. I attribute the heart attack to that. I've had to had you really? know lumps taken out you know under the chest because of, you know shit that happens after you after you go off. Damn. So when you say that you don't take it that you you know that you're thinking about your health, I've Went the 10 years. I went the 10, 15 years and had health issues. So I'm glad when somebody looks at it and says, is it really worth it right now? You know, do I want to make a million dollars from a flow of grappling contract, but die when I'm 50? Uh, No. That's the thing. I think, I think like a lot of people see it like, yeah, especially when you're younger, like you feel like, like this is your only shot at like money and the way you do it. But like, like getting money is, it's not just about like, being a successful athlete you know it's just it's about more things than that it's about like like building like relationship following like uh like there's so many ways to make money you don't have to like shoot steroids to do it but i understand it can fast track for sure you seem like you want to be happy forever yeah yeah i (laughs) I feel it i think kids feel invincible though like these younger guys that do it they're not they're absolutely not thinking right when we were 20, when I was 20, when you were 20, I mean, you were in the service. I, I I'm at, sure you felt invincible war. and you're doing crazy shit. I did not shit. feel invincible. No, you didn't? I was getting shot at. You were getting shot at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't feel invincible. Watch, when, cleaning when you, out a truck with body parts. I'm like, nah, it'll work itself out. Yeah. No big deal. Like, I just didn't give a shit. Again, I thought, I was like, yeah, everything always works itself out. Why wouldn't this? And never yeah. thought that far forward about anything. Hey, can you guys just give me one minute? I just yeah, got to yeah, get sure. the door. I'll be yeah, right sure. back. Do your thing. Super cool so far. Dude, you got to do SpongeBob. You got to throw the SpongeBob. You know the cut screen? One hour later. (laughs) With the bubbles. One hour later. We should be like three hours later. Cut cut it back. Sorry, guys. Uh, I forgot it was locked. 
No, listen, yeah. that's a perfect opportunity to get into some listener questions. The so, drill down? Uh, yeah, let's do no, it. No, not the drill down. Not the drill down. We're going to do some listener questions. Uh, yeah. All right. Not so the drill down. You may, may or may not. <laughs> not the drill down. <laughs> not the drill down. So uh, we have a, a, a question from his name is Hansa Statch. Um, yeah. You know who this is? I know Hansa, yeah. Okay. Hansa. Isn't it funny that we know people by hashtag? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, by like No, that's his name, Hansa Statch. Oh, really? I believe that's his name. I saw the, the handle, and then that was his name. All right, well, let's not dox the He guy, says, uh, right. uh, so I'm going to read it as he wrote it. He says, how to force smash position. Do you know what that means? Smash. Smash. Yeah, yeah. smash. He, did so, sp- he spelled it correctly, not with the A. How to force uh, smash position. Preferably as many options as possible. I guess he's asking your opinion on on doing a, like a nice smash pass. Okay, so yeah, Hansa, I know him. Uh, he's from uh, Czech Republic, um, so he wants to know the smash. Uh, I've I've gave a seminar at his school actually. In, okay. Uh, in Czech Republic, and uh, yeah, uh, I think well, smash smash position or like any some uh, some of like form of pressure passing. I think uh, my my biggest advice I could tell people is like. I personally don't like approaching pressure passing with uh, uh, butterfly hooks and two knees in front when someone's in guard, uh, like or some kind of full guard or like fully established like face to face position. I know like Nicky Rod really likes that; he's really good at it. Personally, I struggle too much um, with this position. So what I try to do to set up my body locks is I try to set them up from like any form of like kind of half guard position, where I use. Uh, setups of like loose passing so going side to side trying to force someone on their back moving their legs away from or like their feet away from me so as they recover guard i can change level and then go into either like tight waist body locks and position that are like kind of like pressure pass position or like collapse the knees together to one side to force them to react and then get some form of like control on the uh, on the on the hips which then I can lead to like a chest to chest position and passing. So I'd say biggest advice is mixing it up. Like if you're able to mix up, like if you if you watch what Gordon does, but like other other people too, it's like what Nikki does is like he set you set up your position from forcing your opponent to kind of react to regain their guard, and as they do so, you change your level and then you get uh, hip controls. Yeah. Are you traveling a lot to do seminars? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, I, I, I've been traveling a lot in Europe to do seminars over the years. And uh, right now, I'm like really booked in the next few months in Canada, especially. Congratulations. Uh, which is great. It's like, it seems like everyone texted me at the same time and we're like, hey, we want a seminar. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so uh, really nice in my in my own province and a bit uh, in the uh, other places. I, I just came back from Saskatchewan last week. Um to give a seminar, it was like amazing, amazing people. Yeah, so yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be able to to do that. What's your approach when you're rolling with guys at a seminar? Do you do you try to like roll with a lot of the students? Do you get to a chance to roll with with those people? Yeah, yeah. I my seminars always consist of like um, like kind of two hours technique, maybe a bit more depending. Like I always write down like what I want to do, and then uh, a bit of Q and A, and then we do rolls. Um, I used to roll with almost everyone. I can't do that anymore. I just feel like uh, my body's going to be broken because I train like really hard during the week. Um, so what I do is I'll do a few rolls, just like a normal session. And uh, yeah, just like I 
in Saskatchewan, I ended up wrestling with a lot of the guys because I, I was trying to, I'm, I'm working a lot on my wrestling and, and I ended up wrestling with some like university kid that has like a uh, wrestling experience. It was really fun. So it's like, I approach it just like as a uh, normal training. Do you find that uh, every once in a while you run into somebody that's like, they want to, they're going to roll a little extra hard with I you bet. because oh, yeah. of who you are, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like that. You get that all the time. I got that in like, uh, almost like it depends. Like some gym really have a good culture about like 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 kind of warming up into the role, and then you start going harder, which is I love that. It's the easiest in my opinion. But like I had some guys that just throwing everything at me, even if like they're a hundred kilo, like two hundred pounds, two thirty. Wow. They're like, all right, I'm gonna kill this guy. But I'm like, all right, I'm here. I'm in the role, so I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see it. Is uh. Uh, Craig Jones has a funny thing that he said. Doesn't he say like, just get up? Does no, no. Doesn't he like? He talks about maybe like trying to. He doesn't roll with everybody anymore, but I think he said something about like he'll try to like finish you with like the weirdest or craziest or basically yeah. something that's like embarrassing, demoralizing, to you. demoralizing. That's a good word. Demoralizing. That's, does that is that what he does? Do you know anything about that? Craig does that to everyone in the gym every day. <laughs> So there's absolutely no difference. Not really. With, with a seminar or, it's not or a strategy. yeah, he just he tries to hit you with the worst, weirdest shit you've ever seen, and then yeah, you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> Has that happened to you? What's the worst thing he's ever thrown at you? Oh yeah, he submitted me with some weird stuff. I I don't even know like the like last time I was there, like like sometimes you just start attacking you while you're like sitting and not even drilling yet, you know, and then it's like, you got to defend yourself. And then, uh, I don't know. He put me in some weird, like I, I felt like a pretzel, like, like basically knee, knee to my face, kind of a triangle position. Yeah, and then say, he was triangle. like, he was like wrist locking me at the same time. And, and, uh, he's so strong that, uh, yeah. And he's not big much too, he can right? do sometimes. How much does he weigh? Was that? He's big too, right? He's like two Oh five right now. I think. Yeah. 200, 205. Yeah. Broad. I'm going to tell my kids he's the Crocodile Dundee, man. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our, our next question. Brahim Skenderi says, my question for Pierre is, what is your training schedule? There, there are two questions, three questions here. Training schedule, how often per week do you train and manage the intensity? And do you go hard all week? Or do you have like a fixed schedule like, I'm going to roll hard on this day? Okay, so I don't. I have a fixed schedule about my training, but not necessarily about how hard I go. That I play it by ear because uh, there's some days I wake up and I'm just like I feel great, and some other days I wake up I'm like I feel completely the opposite. So uh, depending, uh, but I I know that I have some session and some days that are going to be hard. Like I know for a fact that my Monday is hard and my Tuesday is hard. So Wednesday usually I take it a bit more easy. I'll play more guard, like chill, maybe do less rounds. And um, as far as like going back, um, how much do I train? So I used to do a lot, like as an up and comer, like two session every day and sometimes even three. I don't do that anymore. I think it's like not only too much volume will wear you down and then you start going into uh, overtraining and then injuries happen, right? It's a cycle, very simple cycle that most, I would say most jiu-jitsu people that like trains a lot or train seriously, like to let's say to become competitors will get into and everybody that competes have been into that cycle 
And I've been in that cycle so much that I, I got a lot of injuries early on, and it was all because of that, in my opinion. It's like accidents suddenly happen more when you overtrain, right? So it's are they accident? Not really. You could you could probably figure it out by being more relaxed. So what I do is like I'll train like let's say two jujitsu on Mondays, like I do a noon session, a 6 p.m. session. I, I teach at night and then I'll train or not at night, depending how I feel. And then, so I do jiu-jitsu every day besides Sunday, kind of one once a day. And then I add up uh, conditioning. I'll do three to five sessions of conditioning per week. But that intensity too is mixed. Like I'm not lifting three plates deadlift every every other day. You know, it's like, if I, if I feel tired, I'm going to do less intense work, but still I'm going to go and move my body a bit uh, just to maintain strength uh, and make sure I don't get injured. And then I it just makes my whole week better lifting two or three times a week because I feel like, like okay, my hips, my, my legs, everything is like strong, tight, and ready to go and train. And when I do train jiu-jitsu, I train pretty hard most of the time. But like there's some days really when I'm tired, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do rounds, but more like, you know, more relaxed, maybe go with lighter guys and stuff like that. But I like training hard. I think it's important. Do you think that the weightlifting, the, the weightlifting helps with recovery or, or yeah, helps, so much. helps prevent or help with injury when you have an injury? Yeah. So I have a, I, I think it helps really, really much because uh, jitsu is not like any sport like wrestling jitsu any martial art is not good for your body and like in the sense where Shh, we're always in the, don't tell anybody that's a yeah, secret sorry, Pierre. what are you doing that's our dirty it, little it secret it is good <laughs> it is good but it it creates patterns in your body right we're we're a lot in the asymmetrical stance all the time knees to chest uh neck folded so all these things right they they have a cost over time. So for me, lifting or playing other sport or like like doing conditioning is the way to undo all the bad that I'm doing in the gym. And uh, I have like, I had like chronic injuries like uh, from like my pelvis and it's not like bad, you know, it's not like my joints are fucked up, but like from muscle soreness yeah, that shift a bit my pelvis and then I get sciatica and stuff like that. I fixed it all by seeing physios and stuff like that. But on top, like having a routine of like stretching, a routine of like strength, strength training. And that for me, if I don't do it, I see the difference right away. And recovery like, methods? Like you do ice yeah, bath? What's that? Like recovery methods, like sauna, ice bath, massage? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I I have a physiotherapist uh, that I see every, every two weeks or three weeks uh, that really helped like just realign stuff and make sure my body's good then uh yeah ice bat from time to time i was a i like i love i loved ice bat for a long time just don't do it as much right now in my house it's like kind of hard to do but yeah sauna is amazing so like everything that i can throw in there to recover but i feel the most important for me is um weightlifting and stretching good right. i'm on the right path then mm-hmm yeah. All right. Our next question is from Derek Rules the World. Uh, after years of training, this is you. After years of, of you training, and you've achieved the black belt in jujitsu, and you're now training with the best, 
despite your high level of expertise, are you still discovering new things about jujitsu? If so, what's the most important thing you've learned recently? That's a really good question. I like that question because it's funny because I was actually kind of thinking about it today um, on my ride back home. And I was like, it's crazy. Like, you know, the meme, like it's not a meme, but like the saying, but to me, it sounds like a meme. It's like, oh, uh, the journey starts at Black Belt. And it's like, it sounds so corny, right? But it's kind of kind of true in a certain way because not that it starts there, but it's like, you just realize, I've realized over the, especially over the last year, how much I still need to do to get good. Because it's like, once you start rolling, when you think you're good, go and roll with better guys. And then you'll realize that you're missing some stuff. Or like, compete and then lose against someone who's like, as good as you, but like, that exposed something in the game. And then you realize, you can either be like, oh, it was just like shit that day, it wasn't my day. Or you can be, wait a minute, like something happened, right? So there's still improvement to be made. So biggest thing for me is like, like being self-aware of my flaws and trying to patch them over time. So like when something happened or like patterns, we all have patterns. So my patterns that come back when I'm fatigued or where in a round where it's not going my way. So that like trying to patch that and just adding technical moves sorry all the time you know um it's like when i came back from worlds so december mid-december i came back to the gym and i was like okay i really want to i really want to get better at like um like some arm bars like chore bar and stuff like that from bottom just for the fun of it so I picked that and I started troubleshooting it with Faraz with my other training partners and try to hit it in the, in the gym and not for it to become like my main tool, but for me to understand it if it happens to me and to add to my arsenal. So I'm always trying to improve. It's like sometimes it's going to be more like like I wrestling is my biggest thing, right? I have different goals over time, but like wrestling is like I want to wrestle like way more every week. So this way it's like. I'll feel confident once I once I start hand fighting with someone in a competition. It takes time. Those things takes time. So, so yeah, uh, just just keeping the mind like trying to improve, like going with a purpose to your to your class makes a big difference. So I, I wrestled a little bit in junior high school by no like two years, and then I thought it'd be cool to go out for football, and I sucked. I sucked at wrestling too, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Miguel was a wrestler. When I hear jujitsu people talk about, and, and I, I, I've had this question asked to me outside the podcast, when somebody says, oh, I train wrestling, what are you training when you say it? Is it about the takedowns? Is it about the scrambles? Is Are those the parts that we're calling wrestling? Um, uh, not exactly. I think like wrestling for me, when I train it, it's like, uh, it all starts with the hand fight. So like, like I feel like getting better at hand fighting is the most important thing. Because just like if you play open guard, like if you hand fight and feet fight pretty well, you're going to have entries. It's the same idea with wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's like if I'm winning the hand fight, I pick to choose to go into my shot, then my takedown. Then my, like if if we scramble, then it's, a, it's another thing. Scrambling in wrestling and in jitsu is a bit different because of the trend of submissions, right? So... Uh, when I go and train wrestling, I have like, uh, every week we have a 
Gia, Gia Cicero, he's like a silver medalist in the Olympic. And he's just out there in Montreal, right? Freestyle wrestler, amazing coach. And uh, so we train with him and he shows us like technical stuff. We bring questions, shows us technical stuff. And then we wrestle, but in a jiu-jitsu environment where if you shoot on me and your setup is not great, guillotine. might get guillotine. You might get like, like if we scramble, I might go into your leg. And then, so it's more of a free environment. A bit like uh, like collegiate re- wrestling is a bit like that, right? In a certain way, like there, there's more than freestyle. You can do more than freestyle. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's 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 what I mean by wrestling. So it's definitely yeah the takedown, but it starts with the head fighting. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen uh, recently how much crossover there is between jujitsu and wrestling? It's amazing. Yes. Like watching the collegiate wrestlers now, they're doing. They're doing amazing things on the mat that like nobody would even think about to do when I was in high school, and yeah. it's a lot of it. Oh, you feel like the like jujitsu based stuff. A hundred, yeah. it's a hundred percent that. It's like yeah. they're even changing the names to certain moves. Yeah, yeah, it's a good crossover, and then you get it because they train. They'll they'll do uh, jujitsu, yeah. and they'll do wrestling seen, as well. Yeah, I've seen recently like a video of a guy getting put in 50-50 and getting pinned from there mm-hmm. in, in a, a wrestle like wrestling tournament. In that was like. I, yeah, I saw some Imanari too. Because yeah. the thing is, yeah, because you can like kind of put your back on the mat like differently than freestyle, I think. Or I'm not sure exactly. I don't. I yeah, don't. Folk style. Rest. In folk style, you can. They have to. They have to hold you to, for them to get back points. So exactly. Count, right. Yeah. So, so because of that, it, it, the rule set is more open, and then you see crossovers happening, and it's fun because. Uh, for a long time, people thought, okay, wrestling is kind of a game that has been solved, right, in a certain way. Because mm-hmm. you, you have to be a freak athlete, be good at wrestling, and then maybe you can make it. But now and you see those kids coming up with, like, new stuff and, like, like trying new stuff out. It's pretty cool. A lot of judo, too. They do a lot of uchimadas now from dogfight. Yeah. They do a lot of uh, inside leg reaps uh, to yep. get in. And that way they land. Anything to essentially make them land on their backs. Because yes. that's the difference. Yeah. Whereas in a jiu-jitsu guy, he'll turn like if i if i get shot at and then my hips get up from under me i know i'm going down i'm pulling guard immediately and i'm breaking yeah i'm break falling pulling guard at the same time and then okay work from here whereas in wrestling you you may you immediately belly out yeah but you know what i think there's going to be even some form of well i think it started already but like you're going to see the crossover from wrestling to jiu-jitsu where Guys, now because of ADCC rule set, I get taken down. I'm not putting my back on the mat because I'm getting scored if I do that. Yeah. So I'm I'm going turtle basically, and then yeah. I'm going like stand up from there, undo the hands, undo the legs, and, and reshot. So we're seeing that in the the modern jiu-jitsu game now. It's taking mm-hmm. away from wrestling too. Yeah, the double to single I think is probably like wrestling to jiu-jitsu. I feel like the double to single setup, set like the shot reshot. Like that's yeah. made a, a big, big difference. In, oh yeah, in absolutely. Yeah, lately. Yeah, I think uh, the stance too is very different in uh, in wrestling and in judo. And then jitsu is like in the middle. You can be too low because you're gonna get you're, like your your head guillotine and like it's it's not sustainable over a 15 minute match, let's say. But like you can be too high where you can just get shot. In. So it's like an in between. And then you see a mix up of like foot sweeps, uh, judo, like throws, like so yeah. it's. It's kind of a, it's the middle of, of both sports. I like it. It's a, th- yeah, I, I believe the same thing, especially even with just like a simple double leg, like you explained, because they'll bring in the judo. Sometimes you'll shoot on a guy and he's happy because what is it called? Uh, uh, 
Oh my god! What's the one where they shoot a double leg and you essentially just throw them over with your foot over your head and then you land uh, on the top? Sumigaishi. Sumigaishi. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It like that. That's on the table now. You know. Yeah, exactly. It changes the whole the whole thing. I like it. I think it's good for the sport. All right, I have two more questions. Uh, right, this next one is from Betty Broadhurst, who is the founder of Roll Forever. Hey. Roll Forever, um, yeah, my sponsor. She says, uh, ask Pierre, what is the weight of the heaviest opponent he's beaten by submission? I feel like there might be a story here. I don't think there's a story, no? to be okay. honest. But like, no, no, I, I, but but that's a good question. I think uh, I don't do a lot of absolutes, but I think, I would say around like in competition, like something like 205 or 200. Yeah, okay. I would say by uh, Rodinkit Choke. I think I remember that. It was a while ago though, but like I try to avoid a bit absolute because uh, sometime after my division, I'm just wrecked and I'm like, yeah, I'm like 170, 175, right? So I'm like on the edge of like, I'm not light, but I'm not big either. <laughs> so what do you walk around like, at? Uh, 195. Just trying to get the perspective, like the. The one seventy five yeah. is like a yeah, but I'm also I'm I think I'm like two inches taller than you, right? You're like five ten. Yeah, I'm I'm smaller than that. I'm like yeah. five nine. I say five yeah. nine. It's probably five eight. It's so. like oh, man, you should have just said five <laughs> ten. Five nine. We would have believed you. Hey, let's not get caught up in the details. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have one more question. This actually came from the Roll Forever account. Uh, I don't know if this is would be Betty as well. That's probably Betty. Okay. Yeah. He says. Um, could you tell us why Quebec grapplers must travel outside of their province to compete? And does this prevent Qu Quebec grapplers due to the expense of travel to miss opportunities and get experience? Wait, what? Okay, so this is a good day for this question. And here's why. Okay, so uh, uh, Jiu-Jitsu has been illegal in Quebec for five years. Like, not Competitions, right? Competition, yeah, not to practice right? okay. gym, but competitions, yeah, and uh, and after five years, yesterday it basically became legal. Yeah. Yesterday, so we're like, it's like uh, breaking news right Congratulations. now. Congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Free. Finally, so it was a lot of like, lot of work, a lot of a uh, uh, lot of talks, and like obviously the pandemic. Like, it there was never a good reason for it to be illegal, but uh, you know how politics work. And they don't work very well uh, in most places, and especially here, it's very slow because um, it's very a it's a heavy system of politics, so uh, bureaucratic, very yeah. heavy. So it took time, but like finally, it's happening. But the damage that has been done, because if I, you guys remember, I, I told you the story about the first competition I had. Yeah. If it was not in Montreal that competition, and it was like in. New York, or I had to travel, I would have probably not do it. There's bigger chances that I would have not do it because I was like, I was doing it for fun, right? So to tell me in the morning, I could wake up in my own bed, take the bus, compete, then go have dinner with my family after, that sounds great, you know, it's not too complicated. But if you tell me I have to travel or take a plane and then spend maybe minimum $1,000 for a weekend trip, right? Just to compete to see if I like it, I would have probably not do it, you know? And that's unfortunately the case for kids for the last five years, you know? Most guys that are competing, they're like, and there's exception. There's people still competing outside of the province. You can travel like the least is two hours, but like you can still travel and get your competition in. But I'm just saying 
Montreal was a hub for competition for a while. We had like IBGGF, we had the Abu Dhabi trials in the Gi, we had like uh, grappling industry started in Montreal. Most people don't know this, but the guys from Montreal, and he started it, uh, David Agutzi started just right, right around the corner here. So all that hub was not accessible for anyone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we had him on early in our. Oh, really? We had him on when we were in the double digits. This is one thirteen. We had him on. uh, We had him on for a second time, and he blew us off. Yeah. (laughs) What happened? We he wanted to do it earlier, and I was we were we were having some technical difficulties, but he wanted to move it up earlier. Then with our technical difficulties, we were like we would have gotten on earlier, but we were having a problem. And then when we got everything worked out, and we went to get him on, he had sent me a message. He's like. My, like his girlfriend wanted, like had plans, but like you had planned to be with us for like an hour. So yeah. like why? So we wound up, it was like during Christmas. So we did like a little Christmas message and so, all right. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Well, I, I was upset. Things- I was upset. We were, we, that, that hurt in the beginning. Now it's just like, fuck them. What are we going to do? I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey, that shit, shit happens, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, all of this to say, just like it's finally legal. So yeah. we're going to have like competition soon. And I believe like ADCC is in, uh, the open next month is in Ottawa, which is like two hours from here. Yeah. It the reason why is because they would have put it in Montreal probably, and and Montreal is going to be great again, you know. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Uh, make, I I, make I got Montreal right that again. that first that first big tournament is going to be packed. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? It's yeah, just going to yeah, be. I can only imagine. Hey, yeah, insane. I have a question. So like when they throw an IBJJF event in Montreal. Do they serve acai bowls or like Le Banquis freaking? <laughs> like what You've are they been doing? to Montreal. I don't know what that means, but yeah, Le Banquis is a famous uh, poutine place, which is like our national yeah, dish. Or... Poutine. Yeah. What is it? What is That's it? That's uh, French fries with gravy okay. uh, and and cheese <laughs> curds. curds. Okay. But the thing is, in Canada, they don't pasteurize their okay. their dairies and like their preserves and everything. They don't have like preservatives and stuff in them. Okay. So like it to me it tastes way better up there. Yeah. I mean, okay. Just imagine crunchy French fries, but Le Banquise does like really cool shit. Like you get like a Philly cheese steak poutine. You could get like a oh, steak yeah. poutine. You could get they make an omelet like it's different. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> no, right. you gotta answer the question. No, right? What? All right. What no, so uh, it's, oh. it's it's acai. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere, Dis- man. Disappointed it's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> they got a, they're running right. a racket. Bo, number one, did you get pictures yeah. during the podcast? All right, and it's time for the drill down. Hey, we there got the is. effects and everything. This nice. is high-level high nice. stuff here, yeah. Pierre. That's pretty cool. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we again, I told you, we, we got a list of questions, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll say goodbye. But um, short or long answers are fine. It's not a speed round or anything like that. Okay, cool. Obviously, we see you... Uh, training no gi. Do you ever train in the gi? I trained for a few years. I haven't trained in a few years too. So yeah. uh, not out of the question uh, later on, but not until I retire from competition. For so, the, so the real question there is, what's the preference, gi or no gi? I think it's pretty clear. It's no gi. No gi. Okay. Yeah. No gi. That's why I exit that way. <laughs> so take down or pull guard? Uh, take down now, pull guard back in the days yeah okay now it's take down yeah it'll come back around music, <laughs> music during rolling yes or no yes what's your go-to what's on your playlist if you have control over the music and you gym? got the aux cord um yeah probably like some uh something kind of mellow not too not too intense you know so uh i, I don't know like Enya? some reggae or like <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> he said What's Enya. <laughs> Do you know who? Did you, Enya's probably yeah. like we're dating ourselves a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm super young, man. I don't know about Are you. you. Yeah. Do you know who Enya is? <laughs> No, no, no I don't, yeah. think, that, I don't yeah. think I do. He's young. He's You're, too a young. You're a baby. You're a baby. Enya, 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 you know Bjork? Who? Bjork? Oh, man, I'm going to stop. No, this I is, don't think so. This I, is go. Maybe I, I, maybe Celine, I know it by Celine Dion? <laughs> you know her. You know, she got married in, Montre- in old, uh, old uh, Montreal, right? In the cathedral? Yes, I don't yeah, even know yeah. To the hockey player? I don't even know how to explain that music and your music. Yeah, it's like super. Uh, you can't even sing it because it's just like new age. Yeah, like a new. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So your pre- but, your preference? Go back to your preference. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was saying. Uh, yeah, I think I like reggae because it's like kind of smooth, mellow. Yeah. But then sometimes I like something like harder. I like every type of music to be honest, but like. Sometimes I would like to roll on heavy metal, but most yeah. people would not like that. I think so. I we will stick to reggae. So eclectic, uh, eclectic is the answer. I yeah. Our coach doesn't let anybody have control over the music. He controls the music. Your, your coach, my coach. I'm sorry, your former coach. <laughs> my coach doesn't let anybody control the music, but I love it when he puts like like a playlist on or like not even a play like a like Spotify on. Yeah. And like there's some like love song sneaks into the mix or something oh, yeah. that he just, yeah. he just I love it God. and then I'll sing it really loud like while I'm oh, rolling man. especially if it's like a love song and it's yeah. just like really like he'll make somebody change not it. appropriate <laughs> he'll make somebody change it. his son his son yeah that, that happened to be a few times too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love those moments that's what so, I because I yes. do love every kind of music and I could literally roll to anything it could be hard yep. rock it could be like yeah. techno or electronic. Or just like hip hop, I I love every type of music. So it put each one of those puts me into like a different vibe, you know. Yeah, I, wanna, I agree I wanna, with that. I want to add a I want to add something to the drill. Sure. What what's your come out song? Oh yeah, what's your walkout song? Yeah, like well, yeah, not come what out. Would you your know, walkout unless you want to, but I'm not gonna judge. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm coming out anytime soon. But like yeah, <laughs> was, the walkout was, song. Was, uh, <laughs> um, I've used "Immigrant Song" by Led Zeppelin like Good many song. many times. I really think, yeah, I like the lyrics too, like, uh, like, cause I'm off, I, I'm always a foreigner, right? Coming into, uh, like, uh, in the U S for, for competing. So that, and then I did a few times, um, a song in French, uh, that's just funny. It's like from, from where I'm from and like, no one would know, you did know, you say but it's wham? like, what no. did from you say? Where wham? He says from where I'm oh, from. Oh, where I'm from. from I thought where? you said Wham. I was like, Wham's an old band. How do you not know Wham? Wham. I bet he doesn't know who Wham is either. No. No. Damn. <laughs> you know who George Michael is? Yes, absolutely. That was yeah. his original band with his with his partner. All, I didn't know that. All of it his was songs they were, were a, a duo. I'm gonna check it up on the Spotify later. Yeah, make sure nobody's around because oh, yeah. it, it's gonna come off weird if you're like all of a sudden yeah. playing Wham. Like do it, just do it I'm when gonna, you're home by yourself. Yeah, and don't sit I'm too. Gonna do don't, it. Don't spread your legs too do wide it at, at the, the stall. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna do it at the gym in the playlist. Start a playlist. Yeah, Wham, wham in there. That. Yeah, wake me up yep. before you go go. Just yeah, that's wham. the one you yeah. want to look for. You'll you'll know it when you hear it. You'll be like, oh, I've heard that song before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Every ninety. So. I, we always love to find out, obviously, your high-level competitor. Are you watching all of these organizations that we talked about? Like, are you watching the PANs right now on Flow? Do you watch the WNOs? When you know, Are you watching this stuff when you're not tr- competing in them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm a fan of the sport still. I don't watch everything, 
like the pans and the gi, I'm not like I'll see the highlights, you know, like I'll go on the flow account or I'll go on like the like Instagram and I like to see the highlights for, for the gear. It still interests me, but like uh, I'm, I'm not going to watch it all day, you know, but like who's number one. Yeah. Always watch it. There's always good matchups. Oh yeah. Um, I, I watch shows where I know some, like the people that, that compete too. like l- smaller shows. I'll watch sometimes if I have like friends or like people I want to see. Uh, but yeah, definitely. It's part of, uh, part of my routine to watch jiu-jitsu. And I, I go back and watch a lot of tape, like on ABCC and on like other, other matches that I think I can take away something. Besides your, your B team friends, do you have somebody like a favorite competitor to watch? Like when they're, when they're competing, you're like, I got to catch that match. Super fan. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the Rotolo's, uh, definitely a fan. Uh, my friends, obviously, but like that's uh, needless to say it. Yeah, the Rotos, I think, is like they're so, so fun to watch. You know, like yeah. uh, so dynamic, so, so good at what they do. Um, good competitors too. Then, let me think. Hey, it could be uh, old too. It doesn't have to be new. It could be somebody old from way back in the day too. Yeah, I've watched a lot of like Marcelo for a while. Like I think like everybody. That's almost, a go-to. Uh, yeah. I've watched like half of Mendez. I, I used to love to watch like his stuff, what he was doing. He was so good, you know. Um, yeah, old ADCC, I go back and I just watch like, like not random matches, but like matches I know like some of the guys. And and uh, I, I've i been my whole life, like, well, my whole time in jiu-jitsu, like I was a Gary Tonin fan. I'm still a Gary Tonin fan. I think it's like hard not to be a fan of, uh, of his style. He's like, like in my head, I was like, "This is how you want to grapple," and and sometimes it bites me in the ass because I'm like in a match, I'm winning, and I'm like, oh, "I got to do something right now," because it's like it's boring. I should be a bit more tactical sometimes, but like I'm, Gary like isn't has always been like that. He just goes and doesn't give a fuck, you know. That I admire. That yeah, for sure. If Gary's fighting, I'm gonna watch. Very he's cool. like uh, he's like the Willy Wonka of grapplers. <laughs> like you never <laughs> so. like. No, like just like it's misdirection. Like he'll just like you never know. He'll stand up from turtle and just Gramby roll from the stand up position. He'll, yeah. you know, he like goes and gets into like K guard and then from K guard like slap a triangle. Like you know, he he'll attack your leg to attack your neck to it. And he'll he's well, who was that giant guy? It was like uh, that he Paul that, Harris. Yeah, and the Paul Harris. Yeah, dude, like taking on a match like that where a guy twice your weight. Yeah, that it, match you you it's like yeah, you got to go back once a year and watch that match. Yeah, that's you know, one of that those. Kind of match, yeah. Talk about being geared yeah. up. I watch I watch the Garcello Cron <laughs> the Garcello Cron match. Yes, I watch that one at least once every yeah. quarter. Yeah, Cron Cron was fun to watch. I've watched him a lot too. Yeah. Okay, so our next question is, what's your ultimate goal in the world of jiu-jitsu? What do you want your ultimate goal? To be? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to say ultimate, but I have the different goals. Like I have multiple goals. So uh, as a competitor, I want to get to the highest point that I can do uh, by putting the effort and like putting the time in my craft. And not about like telling me I have to be ABCC gold medalist. It's it's just not how I work. You know, I, I don't like putting myself in a narrow goal. I just want to I just want to improve as a person, as a competitor. And as a coach, so they're very wide goals. And then ultimately, I want to build a gym. 
that's going to come in a few years. Uh, I've been thinking about it. I've been planning on it like slowly but surely. I want to teach and I want to have like people that look up to me that I can lead into either competition or just like, you know, like enjoy like the hobbyist kind of like jiu-jitsu. Like if, if they can come to my gym and feel welcome, having fun, and we can like share things. Culture. Well, I, I'm going to be happy for sure. So it's like a, a big mix of uh, different goals. But f for now, I'm trying to focus more on the competitive career. And by that is like being a bit more like selfish where every day my day is around me getting better at jiu-jitsu <clears throat> as opposed to me sharing to everyone. Like I still teach. I still teach like often, but I don't teach every day like crazy, you know, because I... I feel like I need to spend more time on uh, myself. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask the last question a different way. All right. So our last question, usually people, we're asking this question to people who train a little bit more gate. So I'm going to have you put on your thinking cap. Do you remember back to when you trained in the gate? Yeah. Did you or did you not wash your gi belt? Oh, yeah. I was washing it. Yeah. Very good. Hit the green light. Yeah, absolutely. I was washing it. Uh all the time, yeah. Don't be dirty. Uh, don't need that fungus. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. like the, the younger guys. I think the younger people in jujitsu yeah. have washed it. I, All right, so go, go ahead. I was gonna say I technically still don't wash my belt, but I do wash my my wife washes. My wife washes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you use that. There you go. That's smart. Yeah. All right, so listen. Thank you so much for doing this. I want to give you a minute Thanks to you shout out any of your sponsors or anybody you'd like to acknowledge. This is your time. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate that. I enjoyed it. It, it. it went by like really quick. Yeah, so, it's been uh, an hour and a half, man. That's, I, that's yeah. always, it's always yeah, fun yeah, when, it was, it, when it flies by like that. Exactly. Really fun to talk to you guys. And uh, yeah, I just want to say like uh, you guys see it on the screen, Roll Forever. So my uh, my my sponsor and Betty uh, created the company and uh, she's just been such a big help, not just for myself as a competitor, but like uh, for other people in the industry. A lot, she's done a lot of stuff for a lot of people and some people don't even know like how much stuff she's done so she's amazing the company is doing uh, well if you want to support us just go go online on the website and uh, you can buy some gear the amazing thing about it is that all the profits they go back to the athletes uh, she's a selfless person and uh, she made the company for the athletes so it's amazing yeah so she's a, like wow. she helps coordinate seminars or they help coordinate your seminars as well right that's that's uh, kind of yeah, part yeah. of the model is that right yes they do they do a lot of things they started like as a like kind of a seminar company like she was bringing people to uh uh she's a broker uh, Virgi uh, what's that sorry she's like a broker she like yeah exactly the... she would like get in touch with the athlete she would bring people uh at at our gym at her gym and they could have like high level instruction but then um, she started sponsoring a bit athletes like like myself, helping me like to cover the fees and stuff like that. And it became like true ideas. Like over the years, we started like making more gear and stuff like that. And I help her with some of the more tech side of uh, stuff like the oh, website cool. and stuff like that. But um, yeah, and then she has a few really high level athletes under their wings and just helping helping out because jiu-jitsu is not it's not always easy, right? Like it's not uh, cheap. we're talking about the, tra the traveling, and it's not it, it, it's not always yeah. You're not always getting paid for every competition. So. Oh, that's cool. Thank you for uh, you know, uh, uh, Betty had reached out 
and we talked about having uh, a few different people that sh- that she rep- that Roll Forever represented, and you were on that short list. So thank you for yeah. doing this again. I really so appreciate it. I man. really appreciate. Had a good time, guys. man. It was uh, that was fun. It, it was a good time. So again, hey. don't hang up, but uh, yeah. appreciate it. And we're gonna come take yes. some pictures with you. All right. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram, too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ Box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow & Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Signature Tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of T-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. All right, very cool, man. Super cool. Cool dude, right? Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Me too. All right. We're going to keep it short today, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, check us out at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for all the ways to watch, listen, and support. I'm Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. I'm uh, JJD underscore DJJ69. Beauregard. At B-A-D-W-E-R-K-S, Bad Works. Every time I come in to the gate <laughs> and they're like, who are you coming here to see? Is it your wife's name? I won't say your wife's name. And then they go to look at, re- I'm like, no. And then they go to read your name and they can never say it. Of course. <laughs> it's, just, it's simple. Bogdan. 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 And then they just stop. And I'm yeah. like, it's just yeah. Bo. It's Bo. <laughs> just yeah, Bo, say Bo. Bo. Don't try to say the last name. Le Bo. If All right, every- says a full name, that, that you got to watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening. Peace, love, jiu-jitsu. Peace, love. Moose. Moose.